Juneteenth is freedom. Uh, it is the recognition of the burden and the terrible impact of evilness that occurred to those uh, who came here in bondage. It was a, a terrible time in this country uh, because people were brutalized simply because of the color of their skin, treated more like animals. And of course, uh, as humans will do, relationships developed, of course. But it is very, very uh, difficult to see any good in holding another human being as a slave. So it was a very challenging time for both people who happened not to be slaves, happened to be, uh, in this instance, the white majority, who didn't want slavery to continue. And they had to go up against their brother or their sister who did want to have it uh, continue. And so the tension that it created, of course, the Civil War uh, was part of that. There were many reasons for the Civil War, but to keep the Union together. And we know that uh, it did wind up with the ending of slavery in the 13th Amendment, 14th Amendment for equal process or due process of the law, equal protection, and the 15th Amendment for your right to vote. But Juneteenth captures all of that because Juneteenth represents the two years later than the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863. General Granger in order number three came with his Union soldiers, many of them the descendants of enslaved Africans, freed slaves themselves uh, to free the people of Texas and those west of the Mississippi to indicate that your states that were being obstinate, that were being cruel, that kept the slaves, that did not communicate, did not give them the information. Uh, they were happy to have the slaves not know, and they weren't going to let them know. And these were families, these were men and women who bore the brunt of the whip and got up in early, early, early morning and worked too late at night. And so he came, uh, and he made that announcement on the shores of Galveston. And there was such jubilee that people could not imagine what had happened to them. Freedom? Freedom? It was just unspeakable freedom. And they rejoiced by taking whatever meager belongings they had and left Galveston. U.S. federal troops arrived to tell the enslaved Americans in Galveston, Texas, that they were free. As Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee just detailed, it had been over two years since President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation into law. All that was needed was a communication of such. After hearing word of their freedom, the formerly enslaved community broke into song, laughter, sobs, prayers, and jubilee, for they had finally been free. 
On June 17, 2021, President Joe Biden signed the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act, or S-475, into law, making Juneteenth a federally recognized holiday. Juneteenth is for all of us, and as a legal public holiday, it serves as an incredible reminder that Black history is American history, and we have so much to say and celebrate. The White House, still under the Biden administration, has been working to honor Black narratives. So last week, they hosted the first ever Juneteenth celebration on the South Lawn, with a classic battle of the bands between HBCU's Morgan State and Tennessee State, as well as performances from none other than Audra McDonald, Step Africa, and even Jennifer Hudson. I had the extraordinary honor of being invited to do press on the event, and there I had the opportunity to interview a few of the invitees. Today, Juneteenth, 2023, we will hear the reflections of African-American people celebrating Juneteenth at the White House, a moment of symbolism for how far we've come and a reminder of how far we can go together. Hi, my name is Yasmin Ware, and this is Yasmin's Warehouse. The South Lawn was a buzz, inviting me in with the familiar sounds of home, the tune of the marching bands and laughter. The representation on the South Lawn was unparalleled, speaking to the significance of honoring African-American culture in spaces where we have been undeniably present but chronically ignored. Walking through the lawn, I began meeting some truly incredible people. Let's meet them now. My name is Rasul Berry. I'm the producer and writer of a film called Juneteenth Faith and Freedom. That is a feature length film that traces the history of Juneteenth. My name is Kelly Sharp. I'm the Associate Vice President of Public Relations and Communications for the Tennessee State University in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Ola Austin with the Slice News. I am D.R. Ringel, founder and editor in chief of In Club Magazine. And the next day in the U.S. Capitol. I'm Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. I represent the 18th Congressional District, Chief Deputy Whip, uh, Senior Member on Homeland Security, Ranking Member on the Subcommittee on Crime, Member of the Budget Committee, Power Policy and Steering Committee, and been here for more than two decades in the United States Congress. The first question that I had the honor of asking was, what does Juneteenth mean to you? Yeah, Juneteenth to me means uh, liberty. It means liberation for my people. It means the true sense of holistic freedom, which is physical, spiritual, emotional, and financial. It's all of it. Well, Juneteenth uh, is an important holiday for my family, and I think now for this country, uh, as it represents uh, freedom. Uh, the freedom of people of color who have been enslaved and also for it to be recognized that, you know, this was something that needed to end. Uh, and then just looking back on that history, 
And just seeing the leaps and bounds and the growth that African Americans have made in this country with still a lot of work to be done and a lot of things to be done uh, for our communities of color. Uh, but this is just a great, great time to realize from whence we've come and to make sure we don't go back. Uh, my grandmother used to always say, you have to know where you come from to know where you are going. Um, so I just think this is a, just a wonderful celebration, a wonderful time to highlight uh, what this country, how far this country has come. But again, as I said, how far this country still needs to go. And so for me, Juneteenth represents freedom, the start. Of course, we had to go through the Jim Crow era, through the Civil Rights era. We are still going through for equality but we are not bound by shackles. And I think that that's a different revelation in understanding what it means to be free, to go from a physical enslavement to a mental enslavement, and then trying to um, get out of all types of shackles on our mind, our spirit, everything about our race um, being held back. Juneteenth is funny. Just until maybe 10 years ago, I didn't understand the significance of Juneteenth the way I do now where it was something that came about pretty early on but not regularly recognized and definitely not regularly celebrated. We celebrated July 4th. Heck, we celebrated a dune day in Philadelphia more than we celebrated Juneteenth. So the significance of it now is just shows that we are progressing in a space where we are controlling our narratives, controlling our stories, and now Juneteenth is just indicative of us doing that and having the, the spaces and the platform and more and less gatekeeping for us to be able to do so. So Juneteenth is pretty significant. I feel like it's a hallmark of the times and the power that we're taking back. It is a moment of jubilation, but a moment of freedom. It is a time to cherish democracy, but it is also a time to cherish sacrifice because slaves were born, uh, they lived and died uh, in slavery, uh, and no one honored them. Juneteenth is a moment to teach um, all of our uh, fellow Americans, no matter what they're called. I just got through saying on the floor of the house, I introduced HRES 505 to commemorate Juneteenth, even though we have a federal holiday, to make sure the congressional record shows uh, that Juneteenth is honored. And so I do invite people all over America, no matter what their ethnicity or race or religion, Juneteenth should be a day just like President's Day, just like July 4th, just like Mother's Day, Father's Day. It should be a celebration for America, but it should be a celebration for those of us who are descendants of enslaved Africans to be an emotional day, a day where we stop and pay homage give honor to those who never saw freedom and recommit ourselves to never losing sight of the importance of freedom in America and the importance of democracy in America. Gosh, those were some exceptional answers. I encourage all of you, no matter who you are or where you're from, to ask yourselves the same question. What does Juneteenth mean to you? Or at least, what does freedom mean to you? To me, as someone who's been educated in a system where Black despair is at the forefront of African American history, Juneteenth is a moment to recontextualize our history, not only to understand what we've been through, but also all that we've overcome and how collaboration and communication sets us free in all definitions of the word. Next, I asked how does it feel to celebrate Juneteenth at the White House? 
man, it is so powerful because the White House is a building like many that was built um, with the hands of enslaved people, our ancestors. And so to see Juneteenth celebrated here in particular is an incredible statement of the ancestors' resilience, of our perseverance, and the progress that exists, but also the progress that still remains. So I'm just really excited to be here. Oh, this is surreal. This is amazing. Never in a million years uh, would I have dreamt that we would be here on the lawn of the White House, a place that was built by slaves, celebrating Juneteenth, the freedom of slavery, and by this administration. Uh, the Biden administration, the Biden-Harris administration has done a phenomenal job in being inclusive and also recognizing that African-Americans, uh, we have our special place in this country. Uh, I don't think there's any other immigrant or any other race that was brought to this country in the conditions that we were and, 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 we, and, we're, and have been able to build this country up off the backbones of our forefathers and foremothers, sweat and tears, and slavery was a part of that. So to imagine being here on the South Lawn at the White House at an event that is celebrating African-American and culture. This is Black Music Month as well. I am so proud to be here with the Tennessee State University Marching Band, uh, also a two-time Grammy Award-winning band, the only marching band in the country, collegiate marching band in the country that has ever won a Grammy. And to be here with them, for them to represent the University of Tennessee State to represent the state of Tennessee, but to represent HBCUs in general and just our culture and what it means. Uh, there's no place like an HBCU. Uh, the family environment, the nurturing, and it's just, it's an awesome feeling. You, you see people here uh, that are part of our culture. I think when the White House sent out this invitation, it was a celebration of community, culture, uh, and music. And I think that's exactly what you're getting with this event here on the South Lawn with so many people being here that represent the, the industries of entertainment, music, and culture. It's important to me that when you can come to the White House and you have powerful non-blacks who can acknowledge your contribution, your value, I think that sends a statement, a very important statement to the world. Listen, this is a pinch me moment. This is a God puts you in the room where it happens type of moment for us as an independent black outlet that's not ran by a machine. We don't have a big machine behind us to be invited, to be recognized, to be here is pretty significant in itself. So I would tell people the invitation is what validates you, not anything past that. So the invitation alone, we feel stamped. And a special note from Pastor John Gray, lead pastor at Relentless Church in Greenville, South Carolina. Now you're trying to make me cry. <laughs> See, my grandfather's buried probably about six miles that way. He was a Buffalo soldier. He served on the U.S.-Mexico border on horseback, carrying a flag for a country that wouldn't even let him eat at the lunch counter in North Carolina in the city that he came from. He was willing to lay down his life. His daddy was a slave. And so for me to be here with my wife and my children celebrating Juneteenth is a 360 moment. For the people in my family that were enslaved, that prayed and cried in fields, I get to stand in the White House lawn with my wife and kids and celebrate when the folk in Texas got word that you've been free for two years. And my, my, the power of Juneteenth is that so many, so many people are free and don't know it. They just need somebody to come and tell them. And that's why Juneteenth matters. Because it's, you've been free. You just needed permission to go ahead and move into your next. So we're here. And this is what next looks like. That's cute. Let's go. This last response is particularly memorable. 
because Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee first introduced the legislation for Juneteenth to be recognized as a federal holiday. I introduced a resolution for almost 10 years. I'm the first member of Congress to introduce the federal holiday uh, for Juneteenth, uh, two sessions in a row. And the final session managed to move it with help from the Senate uh, to become federal law. That was an emotional moment because there had never been a holiday in the United States that commemorated that era of the history of the United States, which is that history of slavery, going centuries where people were held in bondage, where they were brutalized, many lost their life, many fought to escape and never managed to escape, where families were separated, where children never saw those who gave birth to them or who was initially their mom and dad because they were sold. They saw the husband in one direction and the wife in another, and they would call each other wife and husband and where their names were not their own, where they were brought to a strange country, where at the p point of no return on the continent of Africa, many of them jumped to their watery grave because they did not want to experience whatever was happening. Many of them died in the dark passage, thrown overseas, uh, thrown overboard because they died. It was a terrible carnage um, and the lives that were lost, uh, the economic engine that they became, the wealth that they gave to the South and by extension to the north, the banks they created, the exchanges they created, the opportunities they created because of their unpaid and harsh labor as a slave. Slave is cruel and inhumane and no one should be held as such. And it was a moment in history that we should never forget. Juneteenth gives us that opportunity to have an emotional moment and also to have jubilee. And at that signing, at the signing, it was emotional. It was a time of wonderment that had taken so long but how happy we were that President Joe Biden gave us the opportunity to have this federal holiday, the first in about 38 years, and to celebrate uh, with Opal Lee, uh, the uh, grandmother of Juneteenth, who brought a million petitions to the United States uh, Congress, which I received it with my colleague, uh, Mark Beasy, and to be able to honor Representative Al Edwards, uh, who in Texas was the father of the state holiday. His family was there, uh, his son Jason and his daughter Ilana. Um, it was a very special time when I say they were there. They were there um, at the um, signing um, and they were also there uh, at the celebration on yesterday, which I hope, by the way, that the president uh, gives um, a statement on Juneteenth on the day of Juneteenth, which will be Monday, 2023. So it was very emotional. And last evening, um, the commemoration of the White House was very moving. And uh, it gave a lot of people a sense of um, family, a sense of coming together, a sense of connectedness. Uh, and they got the sense of the uh, emotion of how the slaves might have felt in their moment of having freedom announced after two years. One day When the glory comes It'll be ours It'll be
some final words from the grandmother of Juneteenth, Opal Lee. Hello, young people. I know you're all not young people if you're not 96. Please, could I just say this to you, young folk? Make yourself a committee of one to change somebody's mind. If people can be taught to hate, they can be taught to love. And it's up to you to do it. We are the most powerful country in the whole United States. And we must get together and get rid of the disparities the joblessness and homelessness and health care that some people can get and others can't, and climate change that we are responsible for. And if we don't do something about it, we're all going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm afraid to die. I don't know what's up, baby. Beyond the sky Juneteenth is so much more than just a day or just a celebration. It is a recognition and a reckoning with all of the pain and suffering, as well as the jubilee that the African-American community and American history holds. There is so much beauty and nuance to celebrate today. And again, Juneteenth is for everyone out there. By celebrating Juneteenth, you can celebrate your own version of freedom, whatever that means for you. Celebrating Juneteenth at the White House was by far the most incredible experience I have ever been able to be a part of. Because there, I felt like I was a part of some intangible future and yet I was present. And it was tangible. I could hear the sounds and feel the breeze and see the White House surrounded by black people and celebration. There's not much better than that. I want to thank God and my parents and my brother and you all for listening because we are free at last. Free at last. Thank God we are free at last.
Happy Juneteenth, everyone. This was Yasmin's Warehouse. <laughs>